Today, we are all about the Deadpool dilemma. I take you as the original Deadpool daddy behind the scenes as I came to some conclusions and some decisions about how I was going to handle Deadpool going forward as I head into my last dance, my final uh, story with this incredible character and all the fun that he's given me. And hopefully I can give you some fun back and give you some background as to uh, why everything is headed in the direction that it is headed in. We talk about creators and creators' uh, rights and, and, and champion the incredible creators behind so many of your favorite characters. And to top it all off, we have more uncut gems to share with you today. Today, we got one that's really special. We got all of that coming up on an all-new episode of Observations. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Observations. I am your host, Rob Liefeld. I have been making, creating, producing, drawing comic books for the last 39 calendar years. Uh, comic books are my absolute passion, whether it's in a comic book, which is my favorite, my preferred method is the traditional comic book with two staples in it. Collect it, make it a graphic novel, still still my favorite edition. Uh, but we talk about the evolution of comic books into these giant, big, multi-mega-budgeted blockbuster movies and television shows, the streaming, the the the, the, the video games, the action figures. Literally, I, I mention it often, but you go to your toy aisle, you go to your Best Buy, you go to your Walmart, you go to your Target. Uh, maybe you're too bougie and you don't, <laughs> you don't get out to those places, but I do. And uh, superheroes, comic books, they're everywhere. And I haven't even gotten to like the, the, the you know, men's fashion, men's apparel, boys wear, uh, where the t-shirts and, and, and the tank tops and, and all the different jackets, everything with, with that is adorning superheroes and art by my peers and, and, uh, and, and, and some, some, some of the older guys that came before us. I mean, comic books and comic book superheroes are really as prominent as they've ever been. So it's fun to sit and watch and talk about it on Rob observations where I have made it my, uh, my mission to to carry you through from my earliest uh, interactions. I I came in thinking that I was so you know that the Marvel universe was so old when I was you know in 1974, not knowing that they were just just over a decade, just over a, around 11 years into existence. And now I look back and you see 80 years of Marvel, 60 years of Spider Man, 60 years of X Men, 50 years of Wolverine. And I was there right at the beginning. I bought the first appearance of Wolverine on the newsstands, uh, Hulk 181. My copy is ratty. You know, I am, I am still, and I've got some great opportunities, some great deals for some really good uh, Hulk 181 uh, uh, high grades from CGC. Yes, I am still on that mission. I uh, haven't landed that plane yet, but I was there. I bought it. I bought, I, I, Hulk was a regular purchase for me. I didn't buy it. Uh, for Wolverine, I bought it because Hulk was a comic I liked, and wow, there's Wolverine, and and this is in kind of the sporadic, you know, comics that I could find, the, the comics that were available to me, that the ones that my parents wouldn't uh, make me hide under the, the 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 you know washing machine foolishly, and then have a damp uh, product afterwards go reach under to pull it to read it and go, what happened? My my master of kung fu is is damp, it's wet, so. I was there and between 74 and 75, you know, was when my passion erupted and 
you could get four comics uh, for a dollar. I was right on the cusp of five for a dollar to when it became 20, from 20 cents to 25 cents to four for a dollar. Four for a dollar was great. That's a lot of entertainment. That's like 80 plus pages. And if you were getting a giant size issue, which is a little larger, uh, you were definitely getting about 100 pages worth of entertainment for a buck. That is how old your host, Rob Liefeld, is. Yes, my kids are 23, 21, and 20 now. So, so yeah, I, 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 I'm so old. Everyone in my family is an adult, okay? <laughs> and uh, my beautiful wife, amazing wife, Joy, who uh, I met in 1986, and uh, she, she was 16, and, and I was 19, and I was smitten, and then we started dating a few years later, and she has always known my passion. Uh, she, I, I brought pages of New Mutants 87 over to their house to draw on their kitchen table, talking to her father, Winston, who um, had, Winston looked like Bruce Willis. And I always said that, that Cable, I based him on Arnold Schwarzenegger's body and Bruce Willis's face in the beginning. And Winston looked like Bruce Willis, Joy's dad, especially in 1986. So I said, oh, you kind of look like Cable. He now tells everyone that uh, I, I modeled Cable after him. And that's okay, because he does, did look tremendously like Bruce Willis at that time. But she, she, she's, you know, uh, been around me, uh, when I was, you know, starting out doing this stuff. Uh, yes, I've carried my comic book pages. I would carry it to friends' houses. I could always use my lap board, plop, plop out, you know, just plop down on their couches on, on whoever I was visiting on their kitchen table. It was always nice to draw away from whatever studio or whatever desk or whatever, uh, regular environment that I created comics, but from, uh, you know, the oldest, my oldest friends, uh, my, my childhood friends know the passion that I've had for comics my entire life. They have uh, just consumed me. But, but you know, like I said, from the 50th year of, 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 of Wolverine, the 60th year of X-Men that we just celebrated, you, you sit back and you go, man, I've been into this. I've been into these characters for a really long time. I, I was actually into these universes, looking back now, much earlier than I, I, than I, than I anticipated, given how how uh how up there they're all getting in in age and so 300 plus episode of raw observations i absolutely invite you to go back and look i have tried to cover especially in the first two years i walked you through the comic book uh franchises that were created on the newsstand the popular runs that jumped from last to first for these publishers the uh story of comic book stores and how they came to be in my personal interaction with so many of my worked at one i was a, i was a clerk I I, <laughs> I I got to know the business from every different angle. Broke in, very young, uh, was able to carve out a really great career for myself. Uh, started making comics, selling comics, made bestsellers. Uh, took a turn very early in my career where I felt I needed to take more control of my creations. And uh, along with my buddies at the time, we launched Image Comics. We launched Image Comics, Youngblood. Uh, my comic book was the first one out the gate. It sat out there alone for about three months because everybody wanted to see how it did. I was a little bit of the lab rat. We've covered that. It's fun. It's fun to talk to. It's fun to revisit. But uh, Robservations is your place for all things comic books. If it's comic books, we desperately uh, try to cover it. Although we are not a new site, we don't review comics. I, I generally tell you about uh, about comics that I really dig and, and events and creators. Above all else, creators. We are here to celebrate the people who otherwise the comic books would not exist. You wouldn't get your multi-million dollar movie. Without Jim Starlin, there is no Thanos to battle the Avengers. Without Jack Kirby, with Stan Lee, you don't have an Avengers to, to battle against Thanos. The minds and the creativity of the comic book creators are among the most important of the last uh, 
century, honestly. But you 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 start taking Kirby, Ditko, Lee, these people out of the equation, and there's nothing. There's blank pages, and 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 that void has to be filled by something filled by something completely other than the things that you've been enjoying. Because if those creators don't contribute that, then you have nothing. No role to give Robert Downey Jr. Uh, this incredible return. Robert Downey Jr., it has been so long, but it is worth revisiting. He had done Ally McBeal television. He had had a terrible addiction to drugs that partially was why he um, was dealt out of the film and entertainment business, and people were scared to work with him because of, of his addictions. He cleaned himself up. He was in need of, of new opportunities to shine because he's such a ridiculously talented guy. And 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 you may have seen uh you know a, a couple of, of of films that that he had that he had appeared in uh it, you know as as he was trying to build his resume back back up and and suddenly the big showcase for him became iron man and he blew up and and suddenly robert downey junior whatever act he was in his second act or his third act of his career it happened but that is because that comic book and that story and, and those incredible visuals and conflicts existed from the minds of comic creators, period, and full stop. No, 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 no matter how successful and refreshing it was to see Downey Jr. in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and, and, and kudos to, to Shane Black of Lethal Weapon fame, of, of, of putting him in there, of, 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 of being progressive. And then, of course, David Fincher, the auteur supreme David Fincher, who 1,000% went out of his way to uh you know incorporate Downey Jr in a great supporting role in Zodiac in it, just an epic movie but those got Downey Jr back into the conversation Downey Jr as Iron Man is the best example of a complete 1000% turnaround gigantic uh just huge because of comic book now he can go and he can be nominated for an academy award he can he can get his accolades and stretch because the audience is in love with him again. Comic book roles have served as great launch pads for other talents who have, uh, you know, not necessarily launched and landed. God bless him. Chris Hemsworth, dig him. Love Black Hat. Loved everything he's done outside of Thor. Uh, but 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 the the Thor, the Thor role has given him his greatest connection with audiences, and that is. Oh, again, because of Jack Kirby and Stanley and the work that they did to create these incredible characters and these incredible uh, uh, comic books that have become the, 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 you know, they're the foundation, the absolute foundation for so many great opportunities, roles, box office success. And we celebrate creators here. They're never going to get as much, uh, success but at least at least when somebody like a taylor swift or or someone like a miley cyrus who just won you know grammy awards they bring their songwriters their producers some of the people that helped them shine they bring them on stage they they give them their their flowers their accolades especially you know that's apropos given that miley cyrus uh crushed it with with her 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 flower song and uh look you know these people uh in the music industry at least they get to stand in the back the movie industry, the film industry isn't as, as generous. It, 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 it has a history of not being as generous. And in all honesty, we, we've come to accept that that's, you know, that that's just fine, that we should just be regulated to the, the, the credits right before, again, when they thank the park 
uh, and, and, and the region that they filmed it in. And it's not right. And, and I'm not sure how much we'll be able to change it. But I have devoted this next kind of period of my life that uh, everybody, everybody, every comic creator, what's good for every, any comic creator is good for all comic creators. And we, we should not be minimized any, any longer. The original Superman movie has Siegel and Schuster at the, at the top of the credits. And every movie, no matter what uh, publisher, what, 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 what character, those, those people who made that character and brought that character to life should be acknowledged and be at the front, not the last. Again, this, is, this will be my new crusade as, as I kind of shift and change in my priorities uh, in, in my life, uh, uh, d- you know, take on uh, a, a, different, a different ranking and a different meaning. But you guys, the, the diehard comic book fans, and some of you are new to the show and, 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 and this show has helped educate you because I share with you, I absolutely share with you comic book history. And God knows, Lord knows, I have brought receipts uh, I, I have brought dates, times, uh, issue numbers, years of an interview I'm reading, uh, the, the, the contents, the date, the time of a fax, a memo, uh, and, and I share those things with you to, to give you the proper context of history. And that is one thing that has, been, that has given me tremendous joy throughout the course of this show is to provide those facts and those details. And comic creators, we should not be uh, regulated. The, 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 the work that we do, I certainly do work for hire, but when I create Deadpool or Cable or Domino, I did that under an equity position, under an equity deal. And and in that case, uh, that is not work for hire in the traditional sense because it carries a different it carries a different meaning, it carries a different weight to it. The, the the people who came before us, even Frank Miller, Electra did not fall under the same equity arrangements that they had for guys like me in the late eighties. Uh I've done an entire episode on when Jim Shooter announced. It's a, it's in the context of a Frank Miller uh, episode. I don't have it off the top of my head, but it was it was one of last year's, a 2023 episode. It is like a 1981 Frank Miller interview. And in there, Jim Shooter speaks of that they are going to be in, integrating a uh, a shared character equity agreement so that they could compete with the creator-owned stuff that was uh, popping up from different publishers like Eclipse and First Comics. And, and so... I was a beneficiary of, of, of stuff like that. I don't know what happened after I left and after we launched Image Comics, but I know that um, I have fought hard to keep my deals uh, you know, in the best possible shape. And, and, and yes, uh, when, when someone writes a Deadpool comic, I am entitled to equity on that Deadpool comic and, and Deadpool toys and video games and all that stuff. So it, it's always baffling to me that I should be bundled at the end of a credit scroll. And if, and if that's the case for you, it, it should be baffling for you as well. And these just general thanks and putting our names so low, is, it's kind of ridiculous. So that's a crusade I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to pick up. I'm going to continue to bang that drum. And one topic that we're going to discuss today kind of falls into, into this corner of what we're discussing is I, have, uh, I, I took to social media uh, to announce that my last dance with Deadpool is underway. I will uh, make this last story that I am doing with Deadpool my last effort. That includes covers. That includes any published Deadpool anything. And, you know, you don't need to say or, or ask me why because I put it into, I built it into uh, the, the, uh, the, the post where I explained it. And the truth of the matter is, and I need to take you back a little, is about 10 years ago, my late 40s, I felt a resurgence. Uh, I, I, w- I was really kind of 
coming out of a period of searching for a couple of years of, 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 you know, how I wanted to attack my work, how I wanted to present my work. I definitely wanted to keep working, but then suddenly it clicked in a way that it had never clicked, even when I thought it was clicking the best in my late 20s, early 30s. And I really enjoyed the work that I was putting out and I intended to do a lot of it. And I did do a lot of it. Uh, from 48 to now, I was averaging 100, 120, sometimes 180 pages right now. Like, let's take this last year. Uh, 55, 56 uh, is the age that I did this work. Uh, Deadpool, Batter Blood launched in June. And then that completed. And then I did a story, 10 page story uh, for uh, Deadpool Seven Slaughters. And then I just released a book called Last Blood, which is 28 brand new pages. All total, you've gotten about 180 pages from me uh, in the last seven months, from June to January. And I love it. I love doing it, except it's harder than it was before. It's harder to fill that page up as an artist, the, the, the hand eye coordination. My eyes, I've been, you know, I keep getting new glasses, keep getting new adjustments. I'm not sure that I want to do Lasix or, 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 or go a step further. That's something that certainly when the time comes, I'll explore. But look, the, the, the age of the artist, uh, it, it hits you. It occasionally hits you. Let me give you some historical perspective here. Jack Kirby returned to do Captain America in 1975. I know that seems like a, a really long time ago, or a, a long time back, but he returned to do Captain America in 1975 just in time for what was a huge deal in this country called the bicentennial, uh, the, the, you know, 200 years from 1776 to 1976. And when I talked to people about it who were alive during that uh, time, look, the treasury, the U.S. treasury changed the bills uh, that, 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 that we, we use, uh, the dollars, the coins, they reflected 19, uh, they, were, they reflected the, the bicentennial into 1976. I'm sorry, 1776 to 1976 on the coins and on the, on the, on the bills, on the money. And it was exciting. And they, they came up with some really great bicentennial imagery. And it was normally of the damage, the wounded soldiers, one playing the flute, the one on the drums. Um, and, and with their, with the, with again, their torn clothes, their, their, their band, you know, their head wounds bandaged. Um, it was a very visceral image. There, there's a giant dam out here off the freeway. If you, if you take the 91, uh, east and go towards the mountains, towards Riverside, a giant dam that has been visible since I was a kid. They painted the American flag, painted it with the bicentennial imagery. I've, I've, I've mentioned it here before, but it's worth per- putting into context at this time, given the subject that I'm t- discussing with Jack coming back. You're getting the creator of Captain America to come back and do Captain America during our country's big bicentennial ce- celebration. They even did an offshoot, a special. Jack Kirby uh, did a Captain America's Bicentennial Adventures one-shot. He was 57, uh, 58 when he, when he did that, when he rounded that uh, period, that corner, uh, those bases with Captain America. And he did Black Panther at the same time. He did Machine Man. He launched the Eternals. He was, all, he was 56 to 58 during that period where he, he re, 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 uh, returned to Marvel. And then he left. And he didn't do a run on Captain America ever again. And he didn't do uh, any more with any of those characters. And he was the age that I will be when I finish this Deadpool story that I'm doing with you right now, that I'm talking about, that I'm going to be doing, the one that I announced. And also, when it comes to somebody like a, a Steve Ditko, he left Spider-Man when he was 37 years old. Super young. He had done three incredible years, a little over three years on Spider-Man. But when he left, he was in his 30s. 
and he didn't revisit that character. He didn't do more issues of Spider-Man ever again. When he came back and he did stuff with Marvel, it was with Speedboy. It was with d- these different characters. But he, he was no longer interfacing with his most famous creation. And that is at least 20 years prior to where I am going to end my interaction with, with one of my most famous characters, Deadpool. So, so given historical perspective on this, this is not kind of unheard of. And again, with the, the, the miles that I'm putting on my eyes and my hands and the eye and, cor- eye and hand coordination and the detail. Look, you guys, I like to noodle. I like to get in there. I like to render. I do cross hatching. Um, I like to do tiny little figures. Uh, all, all of this stuff, it takes its toll. And, and if you had told me a year ago that I would have felt like this, I wouldn't have. But now I'm recognizing that, uh, man, I'm, I'm, there are definitely uh, miles that, that I've, I've, I have put on my uh, eyeballs and my, my eyes. People always ask me, number one thing that any artist get asked, gets asked, number one thing is, does your hand hurt? You know? How are your eyes? How, does your hand hurt? Is what I've been I've been um, asked for the last thirty plus years. And you know what? Uh, I didn't used to have my forearm burning when I was drawing, and, and maybe a little pinch in my fingers. So again, you just kind of monitor. So I'm trying to project that the rest of this year I'm going to be in good shape. I'm going to be able to complete this work, this very fun Deadpool story that I have worked together with the guys at Marvel to to uh, to initiate. I want to tell you, CB Sobolski has been great to me. Uh, Mr. EIC, I, I have worked great with an editor named Mark Basso. We are going to, uh, go down this trip, this, this, uh, this last, uh, journey together. And I, I have really focused on some obscure Marvel characters. I love the obscure characters and paired with some of the more dynamite, uh, standout characters, but with Deadpool at the center of all of it, I am hoping to give you one last great yarn and, uh, with, with the idea that Anything beyond that, I think, would be a bridge too far. People said, is it just covers? Is it, does that mean covers and pinups? All of it. I will put my final mark on this wonderful Deadpool character who, again, I just, I do, I will always wonder what my life would have been like had I just said, well, I'll just draw the new mutants. And I know you've told me it's near cancellation. That's what Marvel told me uh, in, in, in 1989, right prior to me taking it over. They're like, kind of, we're at, our, our wits end and, and and look if if it doesn't work out with you you know we're just going to cancel it and i took that as a huge challenge and decided to make it the greatest game of i can flip that house ever you know they're all over the airwaves you know you take a shanty home and 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 zhuzh it up and flip it and and you know increase its market value and that is what i did with new mutants that's what i did uh in 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 transforming new mutants to x-force and i did it with the the characters on my notepads characters that i sold i sold to marvel if uh i don't sell deadpool and cable and domino and strife and kane and 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 wild child and feral and shatterstar and and you know all of the mlf strobe tempo thumbelina forearm if i if that doesn't happen gideon hey can't leave Gideon out. Uh, if that doesn't happen, those characters do not exist in any way, shape, or form. Anyone who is telling you otherwise is flat out lying and deceiving you. They were a product, 1,000% of my uh, putting forth characters, ideas, concepts. Each character and idea concept, I had more story than I could tell with these characters. Mercenary, product of the Wolverine uh, Weapon X program, something that we introduced and made very clear in the pages of X-Force 2 when he is battling the next 
product of the Weapon X pro- program, who was Kane, Garrison Kane. Uh, all of this stuff was built in. You know, he had cancer. He needed to, he went for his own reasons to get healed. Uh, cable, all of the different time traveling, the, 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 the uh, history with the X-Men, his, his, his future mission, his lineage, all of that, all of that, um, the secrets that he was keeping, all of it was covered. All of it was baked in. The fact that Domino wasn't really Domino when you were meeting, but the real Domino was being held behind by my character Tolliver, who was my de facto job of the hut. All that stuff came baked in to when I sold these characters to Marvel, knowing that I would get this equity, knowing that I would, because I'm like, again, I've mentioned this before. I'm like, this is a pretty good deal. So this is how it works out. And I had heard somebody like a Chris Claremont talk about it. And I was like, well, that's, that seems pretty good. If I can, you know, do a bunch of those, I think I'll be in pretty good shape. And I was, and I have been, and I will continue to be. But as far as executing and bringing you those characters on the paper, I'm not sure 58 to 59 will serve me as well as 57 to 58. And that is the, the bridge I'm going to cross as I deliver this to you. And I am so excited to take you on this journey. I really feel like if a talk show host can say, I'm going into my final year and we're supposed to be like, yeah, the last year with Conan or whomever. Well, I can tell you when I'm doing my final work on a certain character and, uh, and, and hope that you come along and you enjoy that journey alongside me. Again, the miles, 180 pages, the years that I had 125 pages, the years I had 150 pages. I, I, I know there's not a lot of guys my age doing, uh, being, being as prolific and, I, I figure there's an Adam Kubert, there's Dan Jurgens. Uh, I, I believe my, my Mark Bagley would be, be would be one of those. Anyone else? I'm I'm leaving out. But but uh, people way younger than me aren't giving you six issues a month, and I don't deserve a trophy. I do that. I do that because that's what I want to give. There's no extra bell to be rung. But but the deed is the deed. The pages are the pages. The work is the work. The effort is the effort. And I try and put that forth as best as I can because I want volumes. And I'm just kind of coming to the realization that I'm going to have to start taking evaluation as I go, every period as I go. And with this, uh, this I'm going, to, I'm going to complete this. Now, many of you may, may be saying, hey, Rob, you just launched this book called Last Blood. And yes, Last Blood was launched uh, recently. It's, it's a comic book you can only purchase through me and my live streams. And I told people the reason I'm doing this is it's the end of my extreme characters. And the, and the end of my extreme characters was something that I should be telling, that I should be presenting, and I should be... Uh, you know, the author uh, in terms of writing and drawing those adventures. Now, I had already done, I had already completed a first issue of what I thought was going to be the the launch of that and then decided, no, that needs to be issue two. And then I drew a new issue one and that's the one that you have in your hands. And issue two is ready to go. And so Last Blood and this Deadpool uh, should wrap up at the exact same time at which time I will reevaluate. But as an artist, I'm just being as clear as I can possibly be with you in regards to how this is going to go down and why it's going to go down. And I've had some uh, health scares uh, lately and, and, and to, uh, that I've never had before. I've always been ridiculously healthy, been very blessed to have this, this extreme health. And, and I, I had an insurance uh, evaluation. Uh, I, I had to do a, a health checkup for insurance. And, and I came back with this top bill of health. But even that, that doesn't mean that you're not going to have ailments and you're not going to have things that slow you down and knock you out. And recently I did have something that slowed me down and knocked me out. I, now I did an interview uh, with comicbook.com and I, and, and I, I believe I, I have an interview with the Hollywood reporter that I did that you should check out because I go into greater detail what ailed me during that situation and what scared me, quite frankly. And, and it kept me, I couldn't really work for two weeks and I was actually on one of the live streams wondering if people could see, uh, see the, the, the ailment 
and 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 look at it. But that's that's it. I'm I'm in, I'm going for my senior discount soon. And the truth of the matter is, uh, you know, I've just put a lot of I've just put a lot of work out. I've done a lot of covers. I've done a lot of sequential art, and I want to continue to do that. But so many of us have an artist that we like that we elevated that was special to us. And then as they get older, you can see the heads get bigger, the bodies get shorter, um, things are a little. Uh, out of whack and that is a byproduct of eye hand coordination and what we see in our head is not making it to the page anymore and i've always gone out of my way it's one of the reasons just so you know that i work from small to then middle size to then big size i'm working it carving it shaping it as i go to hopefully uh curb any of the old age Telltale signs, the old age telltale signs. I'm trying to get around those prior, uh, get, get, get those handled in, in the previous stages. So that by the time I ink the 11 by 17 board, you are seeing something that is more refined and that hopefully I have uh, maybe made the character a little longer and less short and I've, I've shrunk the head or I've, I've fixed certain, certain parts of the artwork uh, in, in the process. So, so that is something that is deliberate because my favorite artists fell into this. And their art changed, and it didn't look the same. And my favor for it uh, didn't carry in the way that I had for my older stuff. And so many of you, the audience, has been so generous with the work that I've given you. And like when it's a director, when you're like Redley Scott, and you can be in your 80s, you mark, you have somebody else do the storyboards per your description. You sign off on those. You work with another cinematographer. Somebody sets the camera up. You are directing and managing uh, the 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 set and the shoot. But other machines are doing the focus for you, right? And, and machines are carrying out so much of the visual representation that we see. And, and, and through digital, because some of you are going to say, digital, Rob, go digital. You can blow the image way up. I haven't gotten to that point yet. Maybe that'll be where I look into extending uh, down the line. But for now, that's, I just wanted to talk to you very directly. Uh, when you read about me doing the last Deadpool, I'm going to retire from doing Deadpool. I've been doing a lot of Deadpool. And I hope that this is the cherry on top. And that you come along with me for this ride. I think it's going to be great. I will keep you uh, appraised as we go. I am so excited to, for you to take this journey with me along also with Last Blood and the reawakening of my extreme uh, catalog, which has been getting just tremendous response. And those are all going to land at the same time. Those are all going to uh, be, be taken care of at the same time. And, and, and I may look at some point if it becomes too difficult to just hanging it all up. You just never know. Uh, and given kind of the, 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 the experiences of the last, uh, six months, two weeks, all this stuff. I'm just, I'm just learning that as much as you don't want to have, as much as you don't want your body to have limitations, it does. And you will absolutely feel it. And it will be something that you have to reconcile with. And so again, thank you for being open and for being uh, on board with this. And I have felt uh, your enthusiasm and continue to feel your enthusiasm. And, and uh, part of, you know, the excitement is when the audience is with you and when they cheer on a performance or a, or a story, a, a, a movie, look at uh, audiences routinely, uh, their reactions get sequels, right? They show up, they like something, you get more of it. And you guys have been carrying me and I appreciate you. And I, I just want to do, do, do uh, work that you're proud of, that I can be proud of, and that we can all, uh, you know, feel good about experiencing. So I know I keep saying, but I'm just going to say it one more time. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for all your tremendous support. Uh, you know, it's, uh, just, just, a, it's just the right call to make. And I think I'll look back and, 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 uh, and really appreciate 
that I went out on my terms and with, with a story that I think, again, you're going to really dig. We introduced pivoting a little. I, I hear the, the, the pivot, the, uh, you know, come on. My kids have seen every episode of Friends. That's the one like show from the 90s that everybody in my family told me that they had already watched before I was realizing they were watching it a couple of years ago because they were all on Netflix, right? And they just went boom, 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 season, season, season. But you guys remember if you're my age or if you watched on Netflix and you're familiar with it there. <laughs> you remember the episode where they moved the couch up the stairs and Ross says, pivot, um, <clears throat> pivot. So every time I hear pivot I, or I use that word, I, I, I hear Ross uh, Geller screaming it and Matthew Perry biting his head off as a result. But we are about to pivot this uh, show towards a series that we started that is going to come and go and probably enhance certain episodes the way this is enhancing uh, my, my Deadpool dilemma episode. Uh, we have in, in, in introduced uncut gems, comic books that some of you've never heard of. Many of you did not know that Captain Marvel had an entire singled out adventure drawn and illustrated beautifully by a very young pre-Daredevil Frank Miller, one of the greatest to ever do it. But we shared with, we shared that with you in our, in our first episode of Uncut Gems. We shared a Todd McFarlane completely unknown uh full issue which is actually really good of spitfire and the troubleshooters i think it's issue four maybe it's issue six but but that episode was a few weeks back uncut gems are comic books by incredible talents that may have slipped you by and i'm pretty sure to today that that today you will have not heard of this many of you will be hearing about this book by a master of the craft for the very first time let me give you a little background on this this is a jack kirby tops comic uh, the, the, the Tops Entertainment, they were a card company. They came to us and with Image Comics, they did a, they did a, a, a group of cards and we got to know everybody at Tops really well. And they called me up one day, the head of Tops, and said, wow, you've really hit on something with your Jack Kirby Phantom Force uh, uh, special that, that you're doing. And I did dedicated podcasts on Phantom Force with Jack Kirby, Jack Kirby's uh, project with Image Comics that I basically discovered by going through Jack Kirby's drawers in 1993 and seeing a bunch of short stories and unfinished works and asked if I could assemble it, hand it out to my fellow image peers and some of the other great inkers of the day and see if we could assemble a special. This this went on to be the most money that was ever given to the Kirbys. We were able to give a, a, a very generous uh, high six-figure check to Jack and his family. And at the time, they said, this is the biggest check we've ever received. And my love and affection and adoration for Jack and Roz know no bounds whatsoever. And Phantom Force had an echo effect. What was going on with Phantom Force and the attention it got and the stories, because we were telling the story and the Kirbys were really excited about it. And again, there's this magic drawer full of tons of Jack Kirby stuff. Well, I didn't grab everything that day. I saw all sorts of different designs and watercolor pieces. Jack was incredibly imaginative and would just sometimes just draw something and put it down and have some notes alongside of it, just like we all do with our characters. And, and, and when I described earlier how I did it with Cable and Deadpool and all Kane and all the other characters, little notations about where they came from and Shatterstar came from the Mojoverse, all that stuff. That's what we do as creators. We, we put our no, little notations. We make our little you know creative uh, innuendo notes for us to refer back to later in case we, we forgot what we jotted down now. In Jack's case, we couldn't possibly access everything, and really what we were focused on was the, the, the story that he had the most 
uh, was was a story that was supposed to be a Bruce Lee one shot done in conjunction with the estate of Bruce Lee. He of Enter the Dragon, but that fell apart. That didn't happen. And we ended up co-opting the most of that, which is, again, now you're, you're talking about the lead character as a kung fu fighter. And we turned that into, per Jack's name for it, was Phantom Force. That was not our name, but we worked alongside uh, the additional notes and, and, and input that he had. Well, also in that drawer was what you would come to know from Tops as the Secret City, because Tops called up Jack, said, hey, basically, do you have any more of that stuff? Do you have any more of that stuff? And the Jack Kirby people, he, Jack and Ross had had friends and representatives. They said, well, we have even more. You know, they, they, they went on and on. There's all this other stuff that Jack never got to. And that is what would be brought to you under the banner of Topps Jack Kirby's Secret City Saga. Now, to launch that and to get the most eyeballs. Now, they use some of those Jack designs and character uh, pinups and, and his visuals. To, to rope in and, and get the Kirby uh, devoteds, the devotees excited. But they launched it with a, a zero issue. Jack Kirby's Secret City Saga. It is written by one of the uh, classic Silver Age, Bronze Age writers, Mr. Roy Thomas, who took over for Stanley as editor-in-chief, kind of conducting the orchestra for Marvel. Uh, one of one of the more talented writers we've we've, we've chronicled his works on Conan, probably the most detailed uh, and most famous work that he did at Marvel. And his idea was to go after Conan in the first place and secure it for Marvel. That is one of my favorite podcasts. Those uh, fantasy, anything with fantasy in the title or Barbarians at the Gate, those are the podcasts that really uh, show you how how incredibly desirable and commercial and successful the fantasy books came in became in the 70s and it all started with conan and roy thomas was at the head of that but the guy that makes this thing rock as he does everything he does is the incredible work of one walter simonson he of thor uh, beta ray bill fantastic four fame uh walt is a talent uh of, of incredible renown who who has you know it, it, just an incredible respect admiration and favor of the fans and 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 the peers his work on thor just turned that book on its head and radically shifted uh its its trajectory much in the same way that frank miller did with daredevil in the 70s i was there thor had become really a book that you kind of just bought out of habit there was nothing exciting going on there wasn't a consistent uh creative team there hadn't been since thor hit 300 and of course roy thomas who had done a long stint on thor as well and Keith Pollard, a really amazing, talented artist, had done this great run, and it all kind of culminated with 300. And, and, and then for about three years past that, the book just fell off. It was not a book that inspired anyone. There wasn't a lot of, uh, it, it, it kind of, it felt like it was a book for fill-ins. It felt like it was a book for startups or guys who didn't have work. It didn't have vision. It didn't have excitement. It didn't have passion. And Walt Simonson changed all of that when he arrived. I believe in Thor 337. Don't hang me if I got the number wrong, but it is the debut issue of Beta Ray Bill. And he went on a tear, spending the next better part of four years, three years writing and drawing it, then show running it, writing it, along with other artists, Sal Buscema doing a Balder the Brave spinoff, doing other assorted spinoffs. Thor really thrived, shined. And to follow that up, Walt would then do a Fantastic Four uh, run right in the beginning of the 90s that excited people as well. Again, 
really leaping into these Kirby characters, concepts, uh, and, and, and just putting an all new shine on them. So it was not by any, in, 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 under any means, it was no surprise, uh, by no means at all that they tapped Walt Simonson to do Secret City Saga Zero. Walt had a tremendous track record executing uh, Jack Kirby's concepts and elevating them. So it was, not only was it kind of a no-brainer, but it was just a thrill. You're like, oh my gosh, Walt is going to do this. And I am staring at Secret City Saga number zero. And it is got really, honestly, it, it is a very thin comic. Again, Tops is leaning into you know, really coattailing, to, to be honest, this was not in the works prior to Phantom Force. They saw what Image Comics was doing with Phantom Force, and they said, we got to get us some of that, and they did, and and that is where you got these Jack Kirby concepts, and then they, they you know, attempted to, with other artists and other creators, build out this secret city saga that, that we all, look, I am part of the, you know, the Jack Kirby devotees i was excited about this as as much as i was excited about phantom force i was just as excited about this and even more so knowing that our efforts at image helped greenlight this the the official credits uh on the on the inside front cover of jack kirby's secret city saga zero is uh created by jack kirby developed written by roy thomas penciled and inked by walt simonson lettered by john workman colored by gregory wright edited by jim salicro this is an all time. I mean, if you have not, if you are not familiar with Walt's work at all, this will blow you away. If you are familiar with Walt's work, you will you will cite this as one of his best efforts. Now, again, I I don't even know if this is twelve pages. It's uh, it's 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 not the entirety of of the issue, and and yet it lands with tremendous impact due to the love and the care and the rendering and the incredible illustration work that Walt brings to this job. What makes up the last half of this book, you may ask, is a uh, a gentleman named John Cleary who had worked with Todd, drew a little like the style that Todd had been offering people on Spawn. Uh, he drew a backup feature for Satan 6. But the Secret City Saga was something that you were able... It, it, it doesn't have a price, basically... It came uh, attached to another item, so it was it was kind of an addendum to to a Secret City item that you were already buying. If if my memory actually serves collect correctly, if it serves correctly, the reason this is so thin and it is basically a twenty page uh, signature, and of which with cover Walt is giving you nine pages, but they're brilliant. Uh, this this went out as a giveaway, a promotional giveaway. They did they did three one shots when they launched the Secret City Saga. And let me tell you right now, Secret City Saga is somewhere between the Fourth World and Captain America. You got a patriotic character, um, and then you've got these other offshoots. And the world in and of itself resembles uh, something that 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 Jack would have envisioned while he was doing Fourth World, a companion uh, Fourth World, the Fourth World Saga, which was New Gods, Forever People, Mister Miracle uh, that he did when he was doing his seminal work over at DC Comics. Uh, Captain Glory, Night Glider, and Bombast were the one-shots that they launched, and Steve Ditko, uh, which is really cool that they brought Steve Ditko, of course, who helped launch the Marvel Universe alongside uh, Jack Kirby with Stan Lee 
is 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 on board for these as well. Again, s- some of the pinups and the illustrations that Jack did served as covers uh, for this. But this Secret City Saga Zero, this nine pager that Roy does and Walt, you open to this brilliant splash page showing kind of the Secret City uh, hideaway, Garza or G- Gazra, Gazra, and and this incredible. Uh, Worm's eye view of these impressive, this tree line that's all connected, and you can see vehicles and animals going across uh, the, 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 the giant limbs that, that form as bridges. And again, you get all of this very, what I think is very fourth world looking imagery. Uh, you meet characters such as Roag and Zarduk. And then, honestly, it's page six, five and six that are the absolute general bangers. You meet General Ordiz. You hear of the Operation Triarch, and then Captain Glory emerges in a giant, uh, about uh, 40% of the page, Captain Glory walking right towards you across this, these giant uh, uh, tree limbs uh, with these other cool Kirby-looking cats, and of course, Bombast is here, Night Glider, and so far, six pages in, you're like, this is some of the best work Walt Simonson has ever done. Uh, pages seven and eight continue as they summon something. What are they summoning? And then suddenly something erupts and we pull back and we have the beginnings of the birth of the secret city as it's going to be known to the greater uh, line of books that Tops is is putting out. But you want to get people's attention, especially in 1993 and in 1993, you're going to go out of your way to commission Walt Simonson to work from an idea, concepts, uh, plot from Roy Thomas and make it his own. And this is the uh, absolute definition of an uncut gem. It is very hard to locate. It was a giveaway. It is full color. It is by two giant titans in comic books. And again, Walt brings more care, finesse, uh, and, and detail into these with cover nine pages than most artists today are bringing to you in a 22-page effort. Uh, his, his uh, We've detailed, like, like Walt was tapped to do the adaptation of Stephen King's Lawnmower Man, which as a novella was much different than the, the movie that you got in the early 90s uh, with Pierce Brosnan. Walt's work, I detail that in the Stephen King adapt, uh, adaptation. We did an entire podcast on the detail. Every blade of grass, the hair on the dog. I mean, ridiculous amounts of detail. Walt is an extremely detailed and has a tremendous eye for um, fine points. And and uh, does small figures, big figures, bold figures, faces, rendering, so great. He he really has um, game-changing aspects into his art. He influenced everybody in the image chain as well, equally to like an Arthur, an Arthur Adams. And Arthur Adams himself was influenced by Walt. This Secret City saga, the cover's great. It's got Bombast, Night Glider, and Captain Glory coming right at you with all these cool little Walt Simonson explosion effects. But again, when you get inside from the impressive splash page with the giant tree line, to all the different characters that you're meeting. And again, they have they have different masks and they have different helmets and face guards. And it's just so signature Kirby. And then Captain Glory, honestly, as much as I like the Jack Kirby renditions of Captain Glory, it does not, this, this page six entrance, the big entrance, the splash of color, the pose. Uh, Captain Glory is, I actually don't think Captain Glory is one of Jack Kirby's better designs, but Walt pulls it off and 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 makes it one of his most appealing designs he really takes it in the right direction there is this character uh roag that has some you're gonna see it 
you're going to think of dark side. You're going to you're going to have some overtures. There's definitely some fam- familiarity in this work, but the rendering, the tight pencils and inks, the storytelling. Uh, this could have been a chapter in Thor or a chapter in Fantastic Four. It is Walt Simonson Peak interpreting this all new universe that was created again from leftover concepts that Jack Kirby uh, had in his drawer that we could we just didn't have time to access. Top did. Tops Top and Tops Comics uh, brought this to you. The Secret City Saga, Jack Kirby, Secret City Saga, number zero, worth hunting down. You will not uh, for one minute think that uh, that this was a bad investment on your part. Again, I think it can be obtained fairly affordably. I'm not trying to get you to chase unicorns here. I think you can find this fairly affordable. You will enjoy it. The John Cleary stuff in the back, when you see the, you know, the, the Todd McFarlane influence, it's fun. Satan Six is another concept part of the Tops uh, Jack Kirby verse, but I, I really like these core bombast Night Glider and Captain Glory, and I have all of them, but the, the cream of the crop, the creme de la creme, is represented in these nine pages by Walt Worth, hunting down an uncut gem of, of, of uh, for me, tremendous renown, but you've never heard of it before, but now you did, and that's why you listen, because I am here to dig up the unrefined pieces and share them with you so that they can be more appreciated and give you a kick once again with an, un, an, an, un, an uncut gem <laughs> stutter more life held once again with an uncut gem this is as good as anything you're going to get at the comic store this week this is as good as anything the only downside is it's so slim and it's only basically 20 pages all total the entire package but again it was a it was an investment on their part to get you to buy in to the offshoots that they were going to be producing the Bombast comic, the Night Glider comic, and the Captain Glory comic. This is the finest representation of that work. Grab it. Uncut gem. No longer uncut. Uh, We refined it here. We scrubbed it and polished it off and offer it over to you. And I hope that you can hunt it down and I hope that you enjoy it. So all total, that will wrap today's observations as we know it. Comic creators, they matter. We need to elevate them, especially the character cr- creators. The As David Miscellany, the man who brought Venom to life, uh, has, has said, and, and I understand from his point of view, Venom was wholly made and molded, and yet there is the black costume that came prior to it, then there's the incredible visuals that Todd added to it. Uh, but even if it's just David and Todd, they would like to be the originators. It's a theme that he has put forth. Tony Isabella on Black Lightning, Black Lightning has put forth these same ideas. These are peers. Well, they actually came before mine. We are peers in that we all do comics, but they are an age before mine, an age of influence before mine. And David Michelini gave you Scott Lang, gave you an award-winning run, uh, an acclaimed run on Iron Man for years. Uh, he, he has been such an incredible contributor to so many, many comics, The Avengers, Spider-Man, uh, some DC stuff like Star Hunters, a potential uncut gem in, in that title alone, Star Hunters. But these, these people that came before me, they are also putting forth kind of their, their, their uh, concerns that they're being you know bundled. And we don't make these unique creations and offer them to you to later with the intention that we will later be bundled. So comic creators, keep them on your mind, champion them. Without them, there is nothing. Not just a blank page. There's nothing. There's no toy. There's no movie. There's nothing. I pray that you will get the same enjoyment that I am finishing up this stint on Deadpool. I am going to have the best time giving this to you. I am going to have the absolute 
best time of my life completing this and delivering this to you. And I just want to let you know, this is the last dance. Take it with me. I I will not let you down. Uncut Gems, they're going to be a regular part of this show showing you uh, just different works by talent that I believe are underappreciated and overlooked, okay? But at the end of each and every show, we share with you your tremendous enthusiasm for the show that I am ridiculously touched by, could not be more heartwarming to me, and I I am so thrilled to be able to share the beautiful words that you uh, share about our show with the audience, and I do it here uh, and, and share it with you all because you guys take the time, you write these reviews, you share this stuff with me. And I, I am always, uh, it never fails to completely move me and to completely uh, inspire me to keep going because sometimes I feel like, again, <laughs> uh, what am I doing here? Why am I, why am I taking this, this, this time? And, and yet your appreciation continues, continues to shine through and I appreciate it all so very much. This is a familiar one. You're going you're gonna to recognize this name. He is, uh, you'll hear him again when we, we promote our Facebook group, but this review, today's review was written by one Terry Sala, S-A-L-A. Terry is someone I've known a long time, met him about 25, 26 years ago. He sent in a review. He says, Rob, it was about time. He says, uh, Rob, it was time that I leave a review. I held off doing so for a good while. He doesn't have any Apple products, he says. He said, uh, he says, then uh, people will be saying, Terry left a good review. Well, who who would have thought he he did that sarcastically? He goes, I know, I know, I get it. But time has passed, and uh, it's time for me to give my review and to have mine be taken seriously. This is Terry writing and talking. He says, yeah, Rob and I are tight. We don't see each other in person as much as we'd like to, but when we do, it is like no time has passed at all, except aside from the new wrinkles and grayed hair. And let's face it. I was going to support this show even if it wasn't any good, but I knew that there was literally never a chance of that. Having spent as much time as I have with Rob Liefeld, hours and hours of talking comics, pop culture, message board drama, which eventually became social media drama, and family, all in caps, he says, I knew this dude would entertain. I also knew that he had a little tro- he had a literal trove of super interesting comic book history in his brain, and given the platform to let it out, I just knew it would be great. I just had no clue how great Rob, your show rocks. So much info is given to us in that 60 to 90 minutes that you share with us twice a week. And with your unique way of words and your delivery, it is always so entertaining. I think I can say with total conviction that even had we never met, this show would still be my favorite. The difference between you and every other podcast, you do not have an agenda. None. That is what makes this podcast the tops. I want you to know how much I appreciate all the time and effort that you put to, you you have put into doing this show. Thank you. He says, Terry Sala, S-A-L-A. Terry Sala, S-A-L-A. You made my day with this uh, review. I, I do. I, I love you, guy. He, you, you are, you are uh, a, a, a great friend. Uh, just the best co-moderator anybody could ever ask for for the message boards. You are always looking out for me. You always have my back. But I, I, uh, I know the times that we go. I'll go to Texas. We'll get a booth at Torchy's. Um, we'll fill up with with tacos. Chris will be there. Dave will be there, and we'll just talk comics for hours. And then we realize, oh man, we they're shutting it down. We have to leave. But Terry, thank you. You did not have to put that down. I appreciate it. I appreciate your enthusiasm. I appreciate each and every listen. And again, that was not a short review. I, I appreciate you, the, that you took the time and that you shared it. 
and uh, you just made my day. And and thank you, everybody. Some of you don't have Apple, and so you guys send me these through Instagram, through Twitter, through formerly known as Twitter X, as it's now called. You send them on other social media platforms, as Terry did, and I'm happy to re- to read them here. I, Terry had actually sent this a couple weeks back, and I wanted to catch it up because so many of you are leaving reviews on the Apple site, and it helps. Uh, elevate our platform, give us a different uh, positioning and a, and a greater awareness. And I cannot even begin to thank you enough. And I just wanted to extend my gratitude for each and every review that you leave. And I will read them on this show, sometimes in the beginning, sometimes in the middle, uh, and, and very often here at the end of the show. So thank you for your support. Continue to read, to, to leave those reviews and I will read them. Take, thank you again, Terry Sala, S-A-L-A. Hey, when you're not listening to this podcast, I am all over social media. The uh, platform formerly known as Twitter is X now. I am on there at Robert Liefeld, full name R-O-B-E-R-T-L-I-E-F-E-L-D. I have a blue check to signify that it is real me. I am verifiable. Uh, that is really me. You are talking to, you are discussing. I read your replies, your mentions, all of your interactions, your DMs. I so enjoy the opportunity to be able to speak to each and every one of you on that platform each and every day because it's the one that I'm probably on the most. I thank you. I appreciate you. And I look forward to more interaction with you over on X, uh, at Robert Liefeld, blue check, that's me. Over on Instagram, one of my favorites. I love sharing pictures, drawings, things that I'm illustrating, pages, projects, uh, friends with family, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, my meals with friends and family, the stuff that I'm eating, the, the, the desserts, the bad food. Like I said, I eat so bad, uh, you know, but, but to get a good, a good bill of health is, is, is kind of a, a wicked irony. But uh, look, Instagram is my visual diary, and, and, and I just put whatever I'm thinking, whenever I'm thinking of it, I share it. I want you to participate in it. Follow me on Instagram at Rob Liefeld. No Robert, just R-O-B-L-I-E-F-E-L-D. I have a blue check. It signifies, again, that I am really me. I read your mentions, your replies, your DMs, all of it, same as over on uh, Twitter slash X. I would love for you to give me a follow. Join along with me, my stories. My main post on the main. My wife always says, you're going to put that on the main. She's so funny. Uh, Follow me on Instagram. It's also where I'm going to alert you when I'm doing something special with my comics, my work uh, sales over on another platform that we're going to mention in a minute. But we are so excited uh, to to see you on our social medias. And please follow. It's always me. I write my own responses, my own interactions. So you know that 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 is my, you know, unless I get hacked. And then I'll tell you if I got hacked. But most of the time, it's me. Thank you. We have a group over on Facebook. It's called Rob Liefeld, Marvel Extreme and Beyond. Marvel Extreme and Beyond is the group. We invite you to be a part of it. I uh, co-moderate and administrate the site with Terry Sala, S-A-L-A, Mr. Terry Sala. It is a great opportunity to interact with a whole bunch of people over there. We have a great group. It's positive. The vibes are great. So many of the conversations that we start here, we continue over there in more long-form uh, m- m- it's a chance to keep the discussions going longer, deeper, and uh, we share comics, we s- we share uh, collections. I do a lot of promotions. I give you guys a lot of heads up of the things that I'm working on and and the things that you can uh, 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 look forward to. Uh, Terry runs a kick-ass art contest every week. So many, so many great artists are taking part in these over on the uh, Facebook group, Rob Liefeld, Marvel Extreme and Beyond. Either myself or Terry will click you on through. We look forward to you joining and, and being part of our great group, great group, great vibes, great people. Rob Liefeld, Marvel Extreme Beyond, located over on Facebook. I look forward to you joining us soon. There is an app. It's called Whatnot. 
It is a live stream app where you can buy sports cards, uh, anime, manga. Uh, you, you can you can buy trading cards. You can do Pokemon. You can, uh, I mean, everything is available over on this whatnot app. Comic books. I am generally in the comic books and the toys and the Funko section. But they have jewelry. They have women's wear. I mean, it is, it is incredible what whatnot has achieved. I've been on there for about 18 months. If you follow me, get, get the WhatNot app, don't download it, follow me, hashtag Rob Liefeld. That is where I have been dropping my latest effort, a 28-page, brand new, exclusive comic book featuring new characters and Extreme Universe characters, kind of the end, the twilight of the Extreme Universe. I am giving it to you exclusively through WhatNot. Other people say, well, can I get it outside of WhatNot? You cannot, not at this time, and I cannot imagine a time where that will be possible. I'm going to open up a retail program, but even that will be something that is facilitated through WhatNot. We have a manga version that I dropped last week where I took and worked with an artist named Stephen Stephen. Uh, you know, we've never talked. We just all corresponded. Uh, Rex Seidler, who is uh, incredible, an incredible talent. He actually inks pages in Last Blood number two, but I, I could sense that he had a manga uh, approach to his some of his grayscale work and worked with him to create this manga edition. And it is a great kind of, augment uh addendum to the full color last blood that it's that's out there and i am so excited to have you see both the last blood regular edition our launch editions all sold out but we're doing new editions all the time new artwork editions new trade dress editions and then this manga edition which the interiors are uh more grayscale they have speed lines they have all of the different tenants that you would associate with a manga book. And of course, if you've listened to the show for any long period of time, you know how much I love manga and anime. And I wanted to give those dynamics. I, th- I believe my work naturally lends itself to that. And we can go full board and celebrate uh, the work in that manner as well. So there's two versions of Last Blood only accessible through me on Whatnot. Follow me on Whatnot. When you follow me, you'll get notifications of when my shows go live. When it's live, it's me looking right at you, looking right through the portal. Uh, sharing with you whatever signed comics, exclusives, variants, so many Deadpool, X-Force, Extreme Comics variants that we have created. Whatnot has partnered with me. We've done a exclusive Captain America, several exclusive Deadpools, New Mutants. Uh, it's really exciting. A lot of fresh stuff. I believe this is the future. I have been on it again for now 18, 19 months. We have amassed an incredible uh, group of people who tune in to 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 watch us and to, and, and to uh, partake and, and to... Uh, consume what, what what we're sharing and and it's we show no signs of slowing down we have a great a five-star rating uh, because we get you guys the stuff when you expect it we deliver the goods we have earned that five-star rating we invite you to be part of our whatnot family and when you follow me you'll get those notifications and you'll be able to get the latest stuff that we are breaking exclusively on whatnot like my latest work last blood which is actually meeting with complete and total audience approval. I am so thrilled. I am. I, this is a project that I just did on a whim, hoping that people would like it, and it could not have worked out better. Uh, there is so much more to come. Please follow me on whatnot and look for those alerts and follow me and be part of our shows. At the end of each and every episode, I wish you all the very best. I hope that your emotional state, your spiritual state, your physical state, and your mental state are in the best, best possible uh, way that they can be. Again, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional. Life is a grind. It's an absolute grind. We all have to get it off off it. At some point, that treadmill, that treadmill of life can wear us down. I've got three adult kids. I've got a almost a thirty year marriage. I've got a you know a thirty nine year uh, career. 
I, I know what it's like, you know, and, and life is getting tougher and crazier and it seems like it's meaner out there than it's ever been. Take the time off, spend time with your loved ones or grab a book, grab a graphic novel, grab a favorite comic, go watch that streaming movie, that, 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 that show that you've been um, uh, putting off, recline in, uh, in, in, your, uh, in, in your couch, on your beanbag, on your sofa, just relax, have some great meal, Italian, uh, Mexican cuisine, Indian uh, get, get that 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 pokey, that sushi, whatever it is, pizza. Uh, and for me, you know, whatever whatever day it is, I washed it all down with a Reese's Big Cup, pretzels, chips, uh, cocoa puffs, uh, uh, caramel. It doesn't matter to me. Whatever they're putting in that, I'm consuming it. It's my one really truly bad, uh, unforgivable thing that I digest once a day, but it helps stimulate me. And for those 90 seconds, I am somewhere else completely. It's also called a sugar rush. I'm aware. But it is again getting off the grind. It it may happen in minutes. It could happen for hours, preferably in an entire day that you just get away. You you get that checkup and you recalibrate and you 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 just prepare again to rejoin the grind. But by doing that, you got to get off of it. We are rooting for you. Boom, fist bump through this blue Yeti mic. Rooting for you, uh, hoping for you, uh, all the best, and and uh, continuing to cheer you on from right here. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. Don't go anywhere. Come back. We will absolutely, most certainly, definitively talk again real soon.